You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good evening, and good night. Mm-hmm. Sit talk. No one's apparently listening in the afternoon. I wonder when people listen to our <laughs> podcast. In the morning, in the evening, or in the Take afternoon? Take a poll. I'm sure everyone will rush, rush to whatever device they have to send you Straw a Straw poll. <laughs> a what? Straw poll. What's that? It's where you, I don't know, it's called a straw poll, right? Where they quickly make a, uh, make a poll. I don't know. I feel like that's a hundred years old. That yeah, phrase. It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> it probably. Anyway, is. we're moving on with the show. What's the before? I the rarely after say the show? anyway. That's so annoying. You do I tell anyway. my mother. I do not. You just said it. I just did, but I never do because my mother does it. She'll be like blah 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 blah. <gasps> anyway, and I'll go. No, not anyway. Whatever you were just saying. Whatever. Whatever. You mean she uses it as a vehicle to get off the topic. Yeah, topics that she starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, so-and-so was just really jerky or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and I'm like, no, not anyway. Tell me the rest of that story. Like, <laughs> I see. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Don't want to be my mother. So what's the before the after the show discussion? There wasn't much to it. You were over there reading stuff about this movie, and I was over here tinkering. Tinker in. All right, so it. we'll move into the into the show. Saturday, September the 28th. This is after the show number 601. The day after. The show after the 600th show. Yeah, which absolutely was nothing. You did nothing special, and so we're just going to forget that it's ever special. That was yesterday. And that today, was yesterday. We're looking at the movie. Yesterday. All the podcasts seem so far away. Note that was my little band called the Beatles, but you might not remember them. No to Hollywood. <laughs> uh, if you spoiler alert, if you watched American Idol season one, I guess you'll know what "No to Hollywood" means. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the movie's yesterday. It's a 2019 movie released. It's out now on 4K, Blu-ray, digital, all of the ways you can watch movies. It's from our friends at Universal who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. It's rated PG-13. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of yesterday and then I'll give you the real one. Hmm. Are we spoiling everything? Because it's kind of hard not to. Well, the front, what it says on the front cover of the movie, which anybody who buys this movie... Oh, this, we're skipping to this part now? No. Because my synopsis, I don't know how to synopsis it. Uh, this is when I was saying to you... You were saying, are we spoiling everything? Mm. Well, I'll read this off the front cover. This is not the synopsis, though. Okay. It's just on the front cover of the movie. Everyone in the world has forgotten the Beatles. Everyone except Jack. There you go. There's your synopsis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. That's it. So um, there is a long, drawn-out um, synopsis 
but it pretty much tells you it. we're going to have some spoilers in this show because yeah. it'd be hard to talk about this movie without spoilers. I mean, that pretty much does it. It tells you that everyone forgot except for him. Yeah. And then if you had that knowledge, it's like it's like going having a time machine, going back in time when no one knows the lottery numbers. So, or that, for example, Harry Potter existed, or that so and so run the race, won the race that day, or the invention for like plastic, or you know the whatever the recipe for plastic, <laughs> whatever that is, and you go back in time and do that thing yourself because yeah. no one else, no one knows any different. That's the premise, really. Yeah. And it just there's no time travel. True. Could be, though. It's Danny Boyle. You never know. And Richard Curtis, who loves a bit of time travel. Does he? What were we just talking about? No, oh, that one show? movie. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. He also wrote an episode of Doctor Who. Or many episodes of Doctor Who, but there we go. So, um, this movie written Doctor by... Doctor Who? Who? Is a joke from this movie. Who? But not exactly in this movie. Who? Referencing something that like you think everyone knows, but then them going, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. But that's how this marriage works sometimes, because I'll say something from 1970s American TV that's like humongous, that of course everyone in the world would know about, and you go, I've never heard of that. And I'm just <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That does happen quite You often. are from another time But then I'll, say, I'll also say, t- say something about a British show. Yeah, but that's different. No, it's not. American shit, for whatever reason. It's not me, I didn't do it. Seems to go all over the world. This, this and other sounds things very don't. Uh, braggalicious of you. It's not braggalicious. It's out of my control. But it's just that people do know more. And there are things that aren't just on in America. I've looked them up after you've said, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, look here on Wikipedia. It says it was on in the 80s in England. But guess Duh. what? It doesn't mean I watched it. <laughs> you should have. Or even knew about it. <laughs> I did watch The Love Boat, though, which was very good. Very good mm-hmm. American show. The, the what? The what boat? The love boat. <laughs> That's how this movie is. People mention a thing and people go, what? Yeah, so this movie, everyone in the world has forgotten the Beatles, everyone except Jack. I'll, and there's I'll, an incident in the beginning that all the electricity, something happens and the whole world goes like, click, it turns off, and then it turns back on. At the same time, our hero gets hit by a bus and is unconscious. Therefore, for some reason, he's not been affected by this weirdness and he discovers after he wakes up that people have no knowledge of the Beatles or anything to do with the Beatles whatsoever. Right. Now, let me say, um, I really love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies I've watched this year. I'll say that right up front. What about you? I think it was really good. I give it a 9.5. Yeah. It's really... It's, it's The only thing I can say about it that is... It's not even a negative. It's just that I'm not wholly convinced that from what they show us and the vibe they're giving us... That he's actually, I'm not getting the vibe that he is world famous all of a sudden. That he's just like screaming crowds at his feet and that he's become the most famous songwriter in the whole world. I mean, they hint at it and then you're supposed to just sort of jump on board with that. That is messing to me completely. Other than that, everything else is perfect. Because it's done on a smaller scale. It's <clears throat> not like a giant, it, yeah, it feels smaller. All it? they have to do is a few scenes where it's like you give us the reminiscence of the Elvis crowd or the Beatles crowd or I mean, something you have like the, that. You have the the fact that he's playing in Russia and you have the fact that... Yeah, but that's the first time and he wasn't he's famous yet. on the yet. James Corden show. Yeah, but that, you know what, James Corden, I mean, shit to me, boy. <laughs> he's nothing. It's like, 
That's just some dumb night night show that I know nothing about. So to me, that's nothing. It's got like 12 people watching. It's like being on David Letterman, though, isn't it? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Jimmy Fallon and James If you Cole. had put him on the David Letterman show. Like, David Letterman came out of retirement in this movie to do an episode with this guy. Then I'd be like, oh, he's a big deal. So this has got, <laughs> this has got that fun, it's a fantasy element yeah. to it. Um, Little magic, unexplained magic, which I like, i.e. Groundhog Day. Obviously features the music of the Beatles. Now, you know when he gets hit by the bus and then wakes up the day after and starts slowly realizing, shit, nobody under... No, he's a... We explained, he's a kind of a mediocre musician. Mm -hmm. But he sings well, but he's he's not going anywhere, kind of. He's trying, but not. And he, you know, being a musician... Almost to me, you know, he's thinking of the Beatles and people are like going, huh, what, who? And he slowly realizes that that's the thing. And then he starts to, you know, write down all the songs and record, you know, try to pass them off as he did. He recorded them. And that was a thing where I was like, that's kind of shitty because he just wants to profit. Like if you, you know, like it, the other story that you just mentioned where you wake up and you know everything about yesterday and nobody about the actual day about yesterday. tomorrow yeah and then you and can then go you can back bet to the on bit, everything yeah. and stuff yeah that everybody knows that story and this is like that but you know he's taking advantage right but then that haunts him throughout the movie it I've, doesn't i don't feel like it haunts him either but i don't feel like that he's being nefarious about no, it no you know what i did at first i was like oh that's shit he just wants to make money and become famous but then i was like because it is mentioned later on that he wants to, people should know these songs. Mm-hmm. These songs have disappeared from the world and people should know them. Now, but it's not clear at the beginning what his motivation is. Is it just to become famous and rich or is it to to do that? Yeah. But it, that trans, you know. It, so at first I was like, oh, that's shitty. You wake up and now you want to pass all these songs off as yours and just become rich and famous. To what end? Like just to become rich and famous, right? But there's a love, because this is a Richard Curtis script, <laughs> there's a love story in the core of the it's movie. It's a very heavy love story. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, you know, what do you choose kind of thing. You choose the fame uh, and It's based on somebody who's too fucking wishy-washy to just man up, so to speak, because he is a man, identifies as a male, and never fucking tells this woman that he loves her. That's a wishy-washy thing. And- I'll throw that in with my negative part. I just hate those kind of people, so... But that's the, that's that's what the, the story core is. of the story. Yeah, even, he was too like, oh, I didn't realize that I loved you for 20 years. Yeah, because she was literally his, his school friend. Yeah, and she's fawning over him, and yeah. she's now his manager, and she's totally his number one supporter, and he's just like, ooh, you know. Even his friend, like, says, have you not been <laughs> with her yet? Like, you're like, what, what the hell? Why are you, what are you missing? Like, you know, he keeps... People yeah. even keep telling him that. Yeah, and because I don't understand that, I'm a very confrontational, forward type of person. I always think that's just sort of this dreamy, like in Love Actually, when What's-Her-Face has the brother, and she's too... What's-Her-Face? You know, Laura Linney uh, has the brother, and then she doesn't want to, like, ask the guy out at work. And then she does, but then she keeps, like, you know, like, poor sacrificing me. I have to take care of my brother. Yeah, I mean, I like Laura Linney, but that's my least favorite story because it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's like a, 
It's like a literary love story, not like a real life love story. Yeah. And this is it's, it's a very fluffy kind of romantic love story. And it's it's not like deep or complicated. True. It's pretty straightforward. It's like love actually. If you like love actually, the way that all plays out, it's very it makes you feel happy, doesn't it? Love actually, no matter. Here's the question. Do you like love actually? Yes. It's my favorite romantic <laughs> comedy of all time. I'd say it's one of your top movies of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. It, I think it's very rewatchable too. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's just me, but it's very. It's funny. I don't think it feels aged that much. It's just funny, like it, and it. There's a bunch of different stories in that. That's one of my favorite story. That's one of my favorite modes of movies. That's why I like Magnolia so much. Yeah, well, that's that's about as opposite of love. That's the opposite. That's There's like the, that's Magnolia on this side. <laughs> actually, Love Love Actually and Magnolia share the same kind of um, maybe framework. Black, maybe Black Swan is the opposite of Love Actually. What do you reckon? And Magnolia hits somewhere on that scale, but closer to Black Swan. I guess Magnolia has some love in it, but I mean, there is. It's but very it's, it's depressing. Quite depressing. <laughs> but it's a. There's nothing depressing in Love Actually at all. Um, no, there isn't. It's all. I mean, well, there is. Mason's the kid loses. Yeah, that. I mean, there are some sad parts to, but to, the sad parts are just in love, actually, to make it more happy when when they overcome the sad bits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just to make those bits amplified when they actually come. But um, yesterday is, you know, Richard Curtis puts together. Uh, I said to you, it doesn't feel particularly real. It's a bit heightened. Everything's a bit kind of comedy. Yeah. Like sitcomish, almost. It's a bit, you know, like the interaction with Jack in this movie and his parents and stuff. It's all very. I don't feel exactly. It feels like a soap opera a little bit. Yeah, but I think that's the way Curtis writes it. So, speaking of soap opera, where did our little star come from? Oh, the star of this movie, <laughs> who most Americans will have no idea because they won't have ever seen. We're him very before. proud of him. Yeah, he, Hamish Patel. He um came from the British soap opera EastEnders. Which we watched him for the very from the very first day he was ever on there as a and little he, baby actor. Oh, he, he was only for nine thing. years. He was a teenager, but he was he was really good. And I remember he was my favorite thing of that whole family. Yeah, he was. That family have dissolved and they're yeah, not even in it. Well anymore. just the, the nieces. nieces and the aunt and uncle, but yeah. Yeah. Um that's soap opera talk and the people who don't watch a soap opera will be like, what are you talking Americans about? Americans will just be like Oh, this is a new actor. We've never seen him before because this is like his first big True. thing. Um, but so the story of this, I I really liked it. I think it was pretty clever. I liked how they integrated like Ed Sheeran into it. Yeah. It was like a surprise. I was like, whoa, because I explained why Ed Sheeran turns up. Well, Ed, the story is about a young man who's sort of just making his way. He's not a right musician. He's not really getting along. And then all of a sudden something makes him a worldwide phenomenon and sort of the struggle of that a little bit, not much struggle in this one, but Ed Sheeran said after uh, on the extras, it's like his life. He was nothing. And then all of a sudden he's dealing with the world fame thing. And he, they sort of didn't really mention why, but at some point he and Richard and Danny, that'd be Danny Boyle and Richard, what's his face? uh, All are having supper together. The three of them at someone's house. 
Right. So then you're like, do just famous people just flock together all the time? Yeah, <laughs> probably. They, were they friends? Or did Richard Harris think, hmm, I'm going to get Richard that guy. Harris. Is that his name? Curtis. Curtis? Richard Curtis. Richard Harris is another guy. <laughs> he was there famous too? Actor. Is he famous? Yeah. He's there too. I just thought, I want to get him in this movie, so I'm going to invite him over for supper. My people will call his people. I don't know. So I just thought that was interesting. But Ed Sheeran liked the concept, and um, then he was just in it as himself. He's not being like a Yeah, he turns up as himself. It's quite funny. He makes fun of himself. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. (laughs) For instance, his phone rings, and it's his song, Shape of You, is the actual (laughs) ringtone. And you're like, do they just want to portray him as like a self-absorbed twat? But he's, it's interesting because, you know, yeah, well, exactly. There's a, there's a scene in this movie where Ed Sheeran's taken an interest because he's, you know, this kid is all of a sudden writing these fantastic songs and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get involved in that. And there's this scene where he's in a room and, and Ed Sheeran, who's trying to, you know, see how good this kid really is, is like, okay, let's both go off in two rooms and we'll both write a song. And let's see who's the best song. And what does um, Mr. Jack go and write? I don't remember which one it was. I think it's Long and Winding Road. The Long and Winding Road. So, you know, no one was one of the best songs. Oh, do we have to pay for that since I sang it so beautifully? Probably. One of the best, (laughs) no one is one of the best songs, wrote, wrote songs of all time. He just goes in the room and writes that down on a piece of paper. And Ed Sheeran's like, oh yeah, I, I give, you know, you are better than me. Like, But there's one of the criticisms that you read in your reviews that we'll get to later from IMDb. I totally think is valid that we're applying how much we already know the impact of Beatles music on all of us and all of the world. I mean, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I, I get it. I understand it's in, it's woven into my life. Everybody's. Yeah, so I get it. So am I giving these songs, like if, when I hear The Long and Winding Road or Yesterday, Let It Be, these songs that when you're listening, you're bringing all of that with you, right? I'm not hearing it for the first time fresh like a person would have in the 60s and then for some reason falling in love with the whole of the Beatles experience, right, back then and for the last 50, 60 years. So when he's trying to make these songs famous again... Are we saying those songs are just magic inherently and that people just fall in love with them That's blindly? That's kind of what this film is saying, yeah. Or, you know, are they actually the best songs? You know, because some of the people in the movie acknowledge even the girl, his girlfriend's like, mm, it's all right. And he's like, it's all right. Yeah, it's it's a, like the, one of the pivotal rock songs of all time. It's like and a she's work like, of art. It she's like, on. you're getting really cocky. Because <laughs> yeah, he's what... saying it, he wrote it. And he's like, no, it's one of the best songs ever written. So he brings... A lifetime of Beatles knowledge. She's listening to it just as a song. Right. Right. Did it take 20 years after the Beatles released all their first stuff for people to start going, oh my God, you're geniuses. Kind of after the kerfuffle of them being famous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think they were known as geniuses right away because their early stuff was just like really Yeah, I don't think I Want to Hold Your Hand was like knocking anybody's heads off with like genius or anything. It's when they got into their, um, you know, White album phase was when people were like, "Whoa, what the hell is this group?" They, you listen they, to you. You sound like a pro. They change with the times. They they do. If you go back and listen to the Beatles catalog, so they're sellouts. Then <laughs> no, they're just very creatively. <laughs> they weren't stuck to one thing. They 
Okay, now in the past you've said Madonna is a sellout because she just changes with the trends. But the Beatles, when they do it, they're geniuses. You can't compare them. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) We're bringing our knowledge of all the Beatles with us on this journey. And in the movie, it is a fair point to say, but would these songs mean anything to anyone other than the ones that are super catchy and like kind of deep and meaningful? But the rest of them wouldn't have that like instant... (gasps) screaming crowd you know kind of a thing well in this movie like um hamish patel is it hamish because it's h-i-m-a-s-h yeah, well, that's all i've ever heard it said so but it's, it's h-i it's people not say H-A. hamish all the time even okay. danny boyle said hamish so um, okay so in this he sings the songs not you don't hear the beatles versions until the end the end credits there's a beatles song playing but um they're still very powerful, right? When he sings Yesterday, which is the first song he sings to his friends just after he's had the accident, and they're all like, oh, play us something with your new guitar. And he start, he plays Yesterday, and they're all kind of, you know, well, one of the girls is welling up, and it's even somebody else singing it is powerful, right? And like you say, you bring a lot of stuff with it. But is it? Because that's a fictional listening to of it. So us listening to it. But even that was him. powerful for me. Right, but you because you know of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. If you'd never, if it was you back in 1964, let's pretend you were born. Um, whenever they wrote it and played it for someone for the first time, ever, literally ever on the planet, did it have that impact, or mm. is it just because now they're the Beatles or the Beatles? You know. Yeah. But I like the idea that Danny Boyle does bring a little bit of magic to things. And so I was thinking, is that what we're saying? That this is that the magic of the Beatles, it's just had such an impact on the world that it's not the same place without them. We exactly. have to have it. Somebody has to remember and bring all of that back to the world. Which so. is, in this case, Jack. Yeah. At first you think, oh, he's just a money-greedy, fame-hungry But he doesn't musician. come off that way. He doesn't play it that way. They don't make him that kind of character? No, because he's kind of sweet and nice, and you can't help but like him, right? Yeah. He's not like a, <laughs> I'm going to be He's not famous. like the lady manager, Ed right. Sheeran's manager, who's hilarious. Yeah, so this movie's got a lot going for it there. It's got a lot of strands. Obviously, the Beatles music's a big draw to, for people. He sings it really well. Well, we think so. Not everyone will They handle so. it really well. Uh the way it's dispersed throughout the movie. It's not just musical number after music. It's not like that, is it? They, it it's, it's a good balance of music and script. And um, he, the love story itself, I thought was really touching. I liked it. it you know, you it's, a bit, it's a bit, if I had to complain, which I won't because I like this movie. But you are, because you're about to say it. If you if if you had a problem with his other movies like Love Actually being too sappy, this is obviously super sappy. Like it's it's on the overboards of sappiness, right? Yeah. But that's what it is. It doesn't pretend to be something else, something really serious or something. It's quite funny as well, right? I mean, it's is a comedy at heart. There's a lot of funny lines in it. It's got a little bit of that British goofiness going on that sometimes you kind of roll your eyes like, okay, that's like over the top. Like, like Love Actually, when Mr. Bean's in the uh, Yes, that store. sort of like wackiness. Yep. And you're like, uh, can we all grow up a little bit? But it's got a little bit of that, but not too bad. But it's charming, I, th- <laughs> I find. 
I love that you think it's charming because yeah. you grew up with it. Yeah, this kind of this kind of comedy. Um, and the conclusion to it, we won't talk fully about the ending, but I I thought it was satisfying. Yeah, and fun. I agree. Um, and about the, you know, oh he Ed Sheeran, who is also in the movie. He was on a tour at the time, so they actually used like his performance at the O2, which is a huge... No, not the O2, Wembley, actually. Yeah. He, um, they used that integrated into the movie, so that actually feels really... You know, like when we watched Bohemian Rhapsody, it was like a CG thing, wasn't it, that they did mm. to put them into Live Aid? But it was kind of cool. This is actually Hamish, Hamish, Hamish Patel working, you know, on the stage, on Ed Sheeran's stage singing, which I... In front of however many people they said, yeah, (laughs) 100,000 people. Um, Ed Sheeran's, does Ed Sheeran sing a song in this? Oh, he does. Mm. He sings um, the Penguin song, a song about Penguin. And then it has one of his songs over the top, I think, at one point. It has over the ending part where he's driving with with her. Yeah. It plays one of his songs. Is that him? Because he claims he wrote it. Yeah, it's him. Hmm. That's what I said to you <laughs> in the in the alternate ending on this on this. It shows you him singing it, doesn't it, in the car? And I said, "You've ripped that off, Ed Sheeran. It's one of his songs." <laughs> so, um, if you like Ed Sheeran, you like the Beatles. There's a lot of that in there. Um, anything else you want to add to the plot and the before we go on to the actors? I don't think so because I I got very moved many times at the idea. In our lifetime, and it's not just our lifetime, but if you go back to like, I don't mean to sound history nerdy or anything, and I'm not, but if you go back to like maybe 1890, right, radio starts being a thing, right, 1880s, 1890, if I've got my timeline correct. Yes. So people do start listening to radio, music, entertainment, like fed right to their homes or right to their business or right to wherever they are, to where you can start having a different kind of impact from an artist of any kind. It could be, you know, one of the dumb radio shows that was on comedy or drama, or as the tens and twenties went on, it was radio shows and musical shows. And so you could start getting affected more than before that time in history, you would have to have gone to a show, right? So the mass of the entire world wouldn't have known of very many people. Like the name of a person who's an entertainer wouldn't have traveled around the entire world where if you went to Zimbabwe or Canada or China or Russia that you walked into a place and said the Beatles or whoever, right. you know, Joe Schmo, that everyone knew who it was and understood like uh, other than just legendary or reading a newspaper clipping or something or in a book or whatever. Until that time frame, until like just before we're born in the 60s. You know, 56 years before that, it started. Yep. But the impact of On Humanity now, of a handful of folks that we know of, and I don't mean like they changed the world, like cured cancer or solved wars or anything. I'm just saying everyone in the world will know who Ringo Starr is, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, the Beatles. And we went on the earlier, we were talking about Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elvis Presley, and now Ed Sheeran, I think on a different kind of scale, but same idea. 
that if you went to any country in the world and held up a picture of Ed Sheeran, somebody's going to know who that is and be a fan, right? Right. So the impact of the emotion of thinking like, my God, if you subtracted these things from the world right now, erased them, that moved me like as a group of humans, we all know who they are. Yeah, and we all... <laughs> we have a thing in common. We, we may not all like them. I mean, no. we don't sit around and listen to Beatles music all day, but we all identify probably with at least one song. Somebody somewhere in the world, however terrible life might be, has possibly heard a Beatles song and it changed their day or it's a thing that they hold on to for hope or entertainment, whatever it is. That's a thing we all have in common. And if you unplug that and unplug other things and then make a joke because like in the movie also he mentions coke can i not have a coke instead of a pepsi and they're like mention that yeah uh a what so coke is also been erased i'm not saying coke is a great thing in the world but again the whole world has it in common all of humanity that exists right this minute eight billion people probably have a very tiny handful of these cultural things in common what else is in this movie what else has disappeared apart from the beatles and coke harry potter and what else (laughs) it's really funny um i think that was all cigarettes oh cigarettes yeah i mean they could be named something else but we don't see anyone smoking in the movie or whatever no he says i I wish i could have a cigarette right now Mm -hmm. and his friend goes what yeah but they could be called something else because he doesn't say what it is right no i feel like they were implying that that had gone too this Things that right. have gone. But that that doesn't that's not emotionally moving. But the idea that yeah, that made me very emotional at different times. Like the idea that we're if you strip away the things that we all can connect to together, then we got nothing. Music is a common bond for Definitely sure. music, yeah. And and for some reason, popular culture and things like that, entertainment, do spread around more. Like we don't all know the names of the most important scientists. Or doctors of all books, for instance. We don't all know the names of the most important books. Well, because not everybody reads books. Important is a subjective word, but like something that cures something about humanity or in the world, we don't all share those things in common because let's be honest, most people think it's boring. Right. But Ed Sheeran and the Beatles and Elvis Presley and Madonna and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. A lot of these people are American. Have you noticed? I mean, the Beatles weren't, and Ed Sheeran isn't. Ed Sheeran's not. But still. (laughs) There have to be people from all over the world who have that. I'm just not thinking of them, you know, which is terribly egotistical, I know, but or self-centric or whatever it is. But that made me very emotional beyond what was actually happening in the movie. Yeah. It's a a very clever combination of things, this Mm -hmm. movie, that can definitely make you feel, wow, yeah, the Beatles music... Is important. But, Not I just mean, the Beatles music. It, music in general is important. The thing yeah. is, if everyone forgot it, it wouldn't be important because no one would know it's missing. That's but <laughs> when you take it away and somebody realizes it, it's like, if I add this back in. I do really like be? these kind of what if scenarios. Yeah, I do too. And, and especially when it kind of borders on kind of goofy a little bit because it is a bit magical, this, isn't it? What happens? Even the way yeah. it's portrayed. <laughs> Did you notice when it cuts out to the the world, all the lights going off, it was actually the universal globe. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> From the movies. You know, the universal uh, CG globe with all the lights going off. Um, so, let's move on to the cast here. 
Um, well, we we mentioned Hamish Patel. Is he plays Jack, the main character? We we feel like he's our little boy from EastEnders. I know. I feel like I'm he's, protective of him. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That because I was like, oh, it's he played uh, the character he played in EastEnders was called. Oh my god! Now that you're asking me, it just disappeared. It disappeared from me. That's why I asked you. Oh. <laughs> Tamwar. <laughs> Tamwar. Yeah. yeah. And he was a Indian family um, moved in on this square. It, the East Enders is a soap opera. He lived on the on the square with his family, and they had a lot of interesting cultural. Like their family was involved in some storylines that were mm-hmm. cultural. Even Tamwar himself. But we watched him for nine years on the screen every night. Well, four times a week, right? And you feel good. you feel like you've got some kind of connection to him. It's weird. So when you see him in this movie as the lead of the movie, you're like, oh, he grew up. <laughs> but I think he's actually outstanding in this movie. He's, his performances of the songs, and it's not bogus in this movie. He's not lip syncing to somebody. You can tell he's like, it's literally his, you know, the words and the breaths that are coming out of his mouth are just him. He recorded all the songs at Abbey Road Studios, which adds another Beatles element to it. How did you like him singing? Uh, excellent. Did you like his singing? Yes, but I'm biased. <laughs> it's like <laughs> putting my nephew on there and any of the plays he's ever done, but like, yes, he's a genius. I'm saying, like, <laughs> most rev- most reviews you'll pro- you're probably hear from American um, people, reviewers, they're not going to know who this guy is. British yeah, and people. I, I'm, I'm totally acknowledging my bias, and he may not be as good as I think, but I think he's really good. I like his reactions. I like the way he's he's he is who he is. So he has some of his affectations, even that he had any cinders, you know, of that pause. Where he's and real the, dry, looking like, at a person like, like that? really, are you for real? <laughs> and then saying the thing, and uh, I just think he's really good. But I will put my hands up and say, I am not. Totally, you know, objective. Um, Lily James plays Ellie Appleton, the female uh, lead. Um, she's good. She's a little too cutesy at times with her behavior, but she's good. She's very cutesy in the Richard Curtis cutesy way. The True. Way, the way that you might not like in Love Actually, how cute, um, you know, when he goes to the sign with the, you know, mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell is she called? You're asking me questions on the fly. I can't. I can't just bring up these people's names. You mean her real name? Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Knightley's character in Love Actually. And Rick Grimes. Yeah, and Rick Grimes isn't that? Too. See, he had a bad plan even back then. He had a bad plan, hitting on a married woman with a bunch of pieces of paper and a yeah. song. But Lily James here plays it in that. It's how it, precious. It's how, I, it's I feel precious. like it's how Richard Curtis writes it down. Is how she plays it. It's sweet. She's very sweet. She's very, you know, she's an like an ordinary girl. If she's a woman. She's a teacher. Woman, ordinary teacher. She's a teacher, you know. She's really charming. You can't help but like her. Um, I mean, I do like her, but I like her anyway, right. the actress. Um, but separating her from the actress, the character you like, right? There's, yes. There's no, never a moment I like, like kind her. of, except she's so wishy-washy that she's never asserted herself in this relationship, which I also do no, not, ad- I don't admire that at all. I find that, like, not a respectable quality in a human being. So when you pull that out on me, I just think, what's wrong with you? Like, if you've loved him for 20 years or 10 years or whatever it's been since they were kids, 
and you just don't do anything about it, then stop whining. Just get on with your life. Yeah, she kind of like put it to him like, you know, I've been just kind of looking at you for all this mm-hmm. time. and First of all, like, that's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> in that way. And you just seem to not like, because he's a bit more aloof and like, well, he's, he's just kind of bit... like a dumb guy. He's I mean, like, he, oh. he, he loved, he always loved her, right? But yeah, see, I don't, ever... I don't go for those love stories because I think it's because they made a point of like it's she... made up. It's not like real. I mean, there probably are love stories like that. People who are like kind of never can confront somebody, and then then you know what? Don't whine about it. Don't be all like, "Oh, my heart is broken because I never kissed her." Just shut up and move on. You should have kissed her, and you didn't. But it's very it. love uh, romance novel kind of exactly. Thing, it? It's very literary. It's written on yeah. a piece of paper in a way that makes you go, "Oh, oh." so romantic. It's not romantic when someone doesn't tell you how they feel. But they both pull it off really well. I I agree. I um I was rooting for them. You know what I'm saying? So um Ed Sheeran plays Ed Sheeran. <laughs> he was it, fine. It's really funny when he turns up at his house and the, and he and Jack's like, "Oh my god, Ed Sheeran." And he goes in the kitchen and his dad's rummaging around the kitchen and his dad looks at him and he goes, "You look like Ed Sheeran." And he goes, I am Ed Sheeran. He goes, oh, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, yeah, this is funny. It's funny. Like, Ed Sheeran is obviously having fun with it. And he makes fun of himself. And he, he ain't the greatest actor. You, you, no, he's just, yeah, he's fine. He's just being him, isn't he? Yeah. Which is all that's required because that's what he is in the story. So, Joel Fry plays Rocky and Rocky's Jack's. He becomes Jack's roadie, mm-hmm. basically. Um, what do you think of Rocky? I mean, he's the comic relief character, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, at first I really hated him because yeah. I was like, oh my God, can we not have a bumbling uh, stoner idiot? But then he kind of grew on me. I also felt the same. When he's on the airplane and his hair's too tall, but they're not really addressing that. It's no. just his hair's like squished Smashing down. on the ceiling. <laughs> and he's really inappropriate with his jokes. But I got to where I appreciated him. And when he said, all my life I thought I, I was had no reason for being here and you've given me that purpose that, you know, I, I was like, okay, I like this character. It was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, at first I was like, oh, this is that character. It's going to be really annoying, isn't it? And it was. (laughs) Occasionally. Yeah. I mean, he didn't go overboard with that, I guess. And then finally, Kate McKinnon, who you'll all know from Saturday Night Live, if you're American and you watch comedy on TV, plays Deborah Hammer. I'm American and I watched some comedy and I didn't know who she was. So I don't know if that's a fair statement. I knew who she was, but only from clips I've seen of her play. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since, and I'm being honest here, uh, probably since Eddie Murphy was on it. Right. <laughs> she was in the <laughs> oh new... I got Go- to look up now what year that was. She was in the new Ghostbusters movie, but we never bothered to watch that one. Right? Yeah, but she was really funny. I loved the character because it was like, oh. And when he said, "Why is she first? When it she becomes his manager, she's Ed Sheeran's manager, and now she becomes his manager. So all of the stereotypical money grubbing, and of course Ed Sheeran, and he's being interviewed in real life, says she's so American, so he LA, does. and I'm like, fuck off with your American <laughs> jokes. What is wrong with being?" Yeah, she was kind of bitchy, and she—he's like she's like rude all the time, and I kept thinking she's not rude. She's not at rude. All. She's just forth, like forward. My favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite line. I think in the whole movie is when <laughs> control yourself. They listen to his song. He's played some Beatles songs. 
they don't know their Beatles songs. And then he stuck one of his songs in there. And she's like, she's sitting there. She's like, well, I just, I hated it. And I, it's like I hated it so much. I didn't want to listen to it again to figure out why I hated it. And then she's sitting, like, he's a foot away from her face. They're sitting in, like, theater seats. She's just laying it on the line. Like, she's not even being delicate. She's just like, ugh. I my, love that. I love that about her. Maybe that's it. I did my favorite like line it. from her, which I will explain, is when she first sees Jack and she looks at him and she says, <laughs> is this the best you can look? And, and uh, You find that funny because? Because in real life, Ed Sheeran, the first manager he had, which was not the manager he's got now, from the record company, because he just looked like a regular dude. I mean, he still does really, doesn't he? he he's doesn't, lost a lot of weight yeah, since he but first he, started. He back. was a lot fatter then and he well he wasn't fat but he was not what you you smushy and that lady said to him is that the best you can look (laughs) and he was he always he's i've seen him in an interview and he was like i just didn't know how to take i I couldn't comprehend that somebody would just say that to you (laughs) and like how does this impact my music yeah that would be my question it's Um, funny so yeah she was very funny kate mckinnon yeah if there's you know she's different she's really over the top I guess you could say where the roadie guy um, and that the Gavin guy are sort of the British. The Gavin guy didn't do anything for me. No, but they're like the stereotypical dippy British guy, like totally either dippy and like really lanky and like um, what's the word like um, that Mr. Bean kind of (laughs) stupid. Yeah, like, you know. What is the word? Uh, slapsticky, almost. <laughs> like a cartoon, but a real person. But the British version. And then she is like the American, like, oh my God. She's so, like, she's so awful. She's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She, I, I really liked her. She was very funny. Good choice for... Yeah. I mean. Uh, directed by Danny Boyle and written by Richard Curtis. Their first teaming up. And um, they're very different. Danny Boyle wouldn't write a movie like this, I don't think. On his own, because as you mm. know, he's kind of. I mean, Danny Boyle brought you Train Spotting and Shallow Grave, and well, Slumdog Millionaire is kind of cutesy. Yeah, um, it's the. I think Slumdog Millionaire is the nearest to the kind of the vibe of this movie. Like horrible poverty is cutesy to you. Yeah, <laughs> but not it, really. But it had this overall look, yeah. like this. It, it was overall positive, wasn't it? It was a, a kind of a positive thing. Whereas Shallow Grave's not very positive, and neither is Trainspotting, really. True. Uh, but they are. They're, like, life-affirming. Right. Maybe not Shallow Grave, but, I mean, definitely Trainspotting gives you that, like... Millions was also... Oomph of, you know, life is vibrant and amazing, and it can suck, but look what there is. You know, life is, like, awesome. Yeah. I, I'm a massive fan of Danny Boyle. Always have been. In fact... Is that why you were so disappointed by The Beach? The Beach was... I'd, I'd need to watch it again, but I really did not like that one. I don't think you did either, right? I did not. But I've liked everything else that Danny Boyle has done. You know, he I think he changed the zombie genre, didn't he, with his 28 Days Later? I mean... Mm, I don't know about that. I think... I think that was We don't have fast-moving zombies now. Like, look at I don't just track. mean the fast... I think the way it was filmed, the suspense it had, the whole... We didn't expect a zombie movie from Danny Boyle, and that came along, and you were like, whoa, this is... I don't think he changed the genre. 
I think he changed. Well, I think Train Spotting is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, again, I don't know that that changed what genre is that drama. Yeah. I still think it is. It's, it's so watchable still. It's 20 years old. Right? Absolutely. Um, I even like I like the sequel. As you well. do, but if you had to choose which one you're going to watch, uh, it's all, it would always be the original. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's like Star Wars. <laughs> um, but what, I, which I, Star Wars would you watch? If a you New had Hope, to always. <laughs> if you say like you can watch anything of Star Wars, it's always a New Hope. Always. Oh, really? Not The Empire Strikes Back, or no? I think Empire Strikes Back is a lot of people's favorite movie, and I love it too. I see it just as an extension, but. The first Star Wars movie I saw, and I saw it so many times, was A New Hope, and I kind of know it back to front. I think we should make this our new thing, our new hook for our podcast, is that no matter what we're talking about, you can always bring it back to Star Wars. Yeah, probably. (laughs) That we're like always two degrees from Star Wars. Like, there's always something you can go, yeah, but in Star Wars. (laughs) So now Disney own... um, Oh, true. Star Wars, maybe Danny Boyle can direct a Disney uh, Star Wars This wasn't Disney, this was Universal. No, I mean, maybe Daddy Boyles doesn't work for a particular studio, but he could so he be. Could, he could do it no matter who owns it then. It could be a Disney. No, I mean, what I mean is now Disney own them, the new Star Wars films get made and those TV shows get made. And they I work. think we've had enough Star Wars. Oh, no, no. We're only just starting. <laughs> oh, my Star God. Wars. Only just starting for 40 years. <laughs> we're only just getting started. We've got The Mandalorian coming up. Mm. We've got, you know. No. The- I don't. Uh, I only know what you tell me, and then it just goes right out of well, my Well, I'll tell you. We got the final episode of the Skywalker trilogy. The, how many movies? Nine movies? Mm-hmm. That come in in December. And we've got The Mandalorian coming in September. October, I think. So, yes. This so, in future podcasts, look for this. Whatever we're talking about, it will loop back to Star Wars. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Uh, that's actually a thing on um, Half in the Bag, the show I movie review show I watch on um, YouTube. You've you watched them doing the Gremlin special last week. You watched that with me, right? Mm-hmm. Those those two guys. I yeah, love, they're funny. I love their discussion of film. They're real deep into like certain things, and the joke with them is uh, Mike, who's the guy on the left. He is a encyclopedic knowledge person of Star Trek, mm. and. Jay's thing is Mike will always bring everything to Star Trek. <laughs> like he'll go, yeah, in that Next Generation episode when blah, blah, blah. But I like, do that's that. That's exactly like Grand What Bob do I do that with? You do it with Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like everything you can say, I can find a couple of steps back and I'll go, oh, on this one episode of Bob's Burgers, Louise says whatever. So, so we've all got our thing. So Danny but Boyle. But notice how none of what we do leaps back goes back to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Danny Boyle has a distinct he has a filmmaking style. He likes to use a lot of crooked camera shots and in this one he uses like a blurred image in the mirror. Like I thought it was a bit overly used. Well, it's just whenever someone comes through the door. I think the idea was that by the time Ed Sheeran comes and he's that guy, you're supposed to have a split second where you think, Oh, we're never gonna see this guy. Yeah. He's probably not even Ed Sheeran, and then it's revealed that he is. I think that's what that whole gag was about. Yeah. But Danny Boyle puts, like, he does a few crooked shots. He does that interesting, like, when they're in the tunnel where the letters are running down the tunnel and stuff. Yeah. There's a there's quite a bit of that where there's, you know, you're in a place and then the letters of the place are in the scene so you can see what, you know, because you might not know what that train station is. 
or, or whatever. So he does some Danny Boyley stuff, not quite as much as he does in like Train Spotting. I mean, it's a bit more plain, isn't it? Directed. Yeah. But it I has think its it artsy moments, but then a lot of just straightforward filmmaking. Because Love Actually, is all there's no artsy fartsy. No. Yeah, there's nothing in Richard Curtis movies that's like oh, that's anything. Clever. There's yeah, <laughs> there's fun. no camera trickery or anything. I mean, you are. It's like an old fashioned movie where there's a camera sitting there. I don't even know if there's any motion. Hardly ever. It's just you set it up for the two-person shot or the one-person shot, and that's it. You get maybe another view of it back and forth through the scene, but he's pretty straightforward. So Danny Boyle kind of mixed those two together. Yeah. Um, but I think he did a good job, and mm-hmm. like I say, it's um, it's, it's not changed my mind on Danny Boyle. I mean, if, if anything, it makes me like him even more, this movie. So um, what are IMDb reviews? Well, in general, they are when people go on IMDb and write reviews. But for this segment, you go out and find one-star reviews by people who dislike the thing that we've just watched. Usually, we like it more than they do. So we disagree with what they say. But occasionally, they they get it pretty right. So So the the question is, maybe they're right all the time, and we're wrong. You know what I'm saying? We're only wrong 60% of the time. 100% of the time. We're right 60% of the time. Correct. Another movie reference. Um, So you also like to do a funny voice when you read these reviews? I just feel that this this is how those people sound. (laughs) Okay. So, no, the, the, you know, I will uh, reference this with, uh, you you said a 9.5 probably for this movie. I I would be right up there with you. Okay. I could watch it again, and I think I'd feel just as good watching it. It's got like a feel-good vibe to it agree so uh we're on that we're on the upward scale of this movie and these people are on the lowest rung of the ladder so let's read what they say number one says story was bad the jokes were not funny and the acting was horrible concept 10 execution one you made it into like a sports game yeah (laughs) uh this guy says vomit inducing oh my I thought this was an unwatchable pile of tosh. Richard, okay, he's British. Yeah. Be- Richard American Curtis. American people don't say tosh. I expected that of him, but Danny Boyle, how can the guy who directed Train Spotting and Slumdog Millionaire hang your head in shame? <laughs> Damn. This guy says, don't bother. That's it. Oh, you know what? Short and to the point. <laughs> But I like a reason. So if you give me a reason not did, to bother, did that'd we be mention great. Spoilers. Did we mention that John Lennon is a character? Oh, John Lennon's in the movie. He is. <laughs> like actual John Lennon. I've, I mean, like we said, this movie's a bit magical and John Lennon, there's the character of John Lennon appears in this movie in, not in a flashback. Mm-hmm. And he's played by? It's unlisted. But you, <laughs> Begby, Robert Carlyle, Begby from Trainspotting. Anyway, this guy has something to say about. Or it. nowadays, people would know him as whoever he is on Once Upon a Time, probably. Yeah, true. I, don't, I have no idea. Who Not either. Some guy in, in a long coat in the forest. And that's one of those moments that got super emotional. Not because it's John Lennon, and it's obviously it's not John Lennon. It's someone playing him, and it seemed a bit raunchy on the makeup, just a little bit, but not too bad. But the idea that. 
you're the only person who knows that this person got a whole chance at his life. He didn't get gunned down outside of his you know, apartment when he was, what, 40 years old instead. Right. Um, but then after I got emotional about it, then I instantly thought, what about all the other people? How did all the rest of the world work out with this thing? Yeah, true. Did all the other people who died? Because we had, look, John Lennon would have been dead in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And then this guy falls off his bike and... It was in the 70s. Was it late this 70s, now. early 80s? This movie? No, when John Lennon died. 80s. 80, 1980s. So John Lennon, we, that, what I was explaining was, John Lennon would have died in the 80s. Yet in this movie, in the timeline... Yeah, but he only died because he was a Beatle. He is not dead. Yeah, but he only died because he was a Beatle and he was famous yes. and the guy had a thing and all that. So, so in this movie, John Lennon exists. But because the Beatles never existed. He's a different version of John Lennon. Well, he's him. He's, he's still hi- married to Yoko Ono, I was guessing. No, I don't think so. He mentioned his wife. He said love of his life. Yeah. But he was married before her also, I think. Well, that's where he has, he has a Julian's mother was different. But I'm. it's not a different version of Julian's John Lennon. Julian's mother's Yoko. No, it isn't. The younger one is Yoko's son. Oh, I thought they both were. Don't think so. I don't believe so. Anyway, um, it's, a, it's an alternate time. It's not al- he's not an alternate person, though. It's just like no, the Beatles person. never existed. Therefore, John Lennon just went on with his life as like a... He, sound, he was a fisherman, maybe, or but he was on boats. Because everything around his house is boat-related. And he said, I've been around the world on, you know, on the ocean. So somebody figured out that would have possibly been what John Lennon would have been, maybe possibly in the realms of fictional reality, you know, instead of being in a band. And when it showed you his, like, kitchen table, it had, you know, those little drawings that you know from John Lennon where he drew himself with the glasses and stuff? There was some of that around. And painting. He was painting when he came to the door. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the stuff you... I I really liked that scene. I I was like, well, is this gone a bit too far? I was thinking... It felt like that, just a tiny bit. But then I thought, what about the others? Yeah. (laughs) Where's Paul? Paul never died. What is he? When Paul woke up, the day, the moment that that weird thing happened, was he? Did he forget he was that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Did he wake up in a mansion with? But then all his money's gone because like the Beatles didn't exist. So what's John? What's Paul? Like so, I was overthinking it, but still. Right. If you're showing me John Lennon is still alive, then I need to know where the other three are. <laughs> so this guy says, "It's the worst movie I've seen in a long time. The storyline was predictable and honestly really cheesy and lame. The best thing of it was obviously the soundtrack." Just because of the Beatles, really. Beside, besides that, they did that. The besides that, they did was ridiculous. <laughs> has a Beatles fan? Not as has has a Beatles fan. I consider that scene of John Lennon absurd. I felt offended. Basically, it's a dishonor to the Beatles and to the fans. I don't recommend it. I wish I hadn't seen it. I don't feel like it's a dishonor. In fact, I think it's like saying directly to Paul and Ringo, who are the only two still alive, correct? Yes. The impact that you've had on humanity. It's the biggest tribute you yeah, could possibly Yeah, it's so play. huge yeah. that I'm making this movie to show the world how important you are. <laughs> like, that is what this, this movie is like a love letter to like, oh my God, I can't even imagine a world without the Beatles, which is how Richard... Curtis is. He's a huge Beatles fan, right? So I imagine that's crossed his mind. Like, if my life didn't have the Beatles in it. So. And this might be the greatest one-star IMDb (laughs) review ever. Okay. I'm not hyping it. 
Damn. I think this might be the greatest ever. Ever? Yes. Okay. And this is for the movie Yesterday. And this is... This is it. Are you ready? Okay. Yet another movie about a hapless Asian courting a Caucasian girl. Oh, my God. And she even has her finger in her mouth on the poster. Seriously? What does that even mean? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I can't what, even... do pe- what kind of baggage do people bring with them? She does have a finger to in their entertainment the experience. But what are you think? What are you even thinking? Also, what kind of prejudice is that? <laughs> and yet another. Like, yep. is that? Are you racking them up? Is there a list somewhere where? Oh my word! And her finger is that like? I don't even know what that means. But yes, that is the movie hilarious. poster. The, the movie poster. Don't you don't really, look at the movie poster. Is a finger in her mouth? Looks like it. Yeah. Well, it's up to her mouth, but I don't know what that even means. I don't even know what it means. That's why I I, I vote that as my favorite <laughs> review of this movie. Well, that anyone brings their personal prejudice, and we have this in some other one one star reviews where people say, "Oh, another man hating movie. Oh, oh, another one where a woman is the hero." Like, like Anna, that'll ever happen. We watched happen. last week. Yeah, or like any of these racial things. Like, are you just actively, you have like a heat-seeking missile in your brain to find a confirmation bias for your own prejudices in the world, and then everything offends you because it isn't that. Right. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know, but it was very weird. But you know what? They took the time to go on IMDb and type all that up with their little thumb probably on their stupid phone. And then they hit send and they feel a lot better about themselves. Stupid heads. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I liked it. Hilarious. So, um, in conclusion, there are extras on the Blu-ray, actually. Let's get into those. Um, there are alternate ending, which um, is interesting, the alternate ending, I think. I mean, it's the same thing. It's they just twisted around tiny a little, little twist where you go, oh. Yeah. But um, it's worth watching because it... it Adds another thing to your mind where you're like, oh, okay. And if they were ever going to make a sequel, that alternate ending is the perfect. Why would they make a sequel? They wouldn't. But I'm saying that is almost like, hey, this is what we could do. There's um, deleted scenes. There are quite a lot of them. Some are quite good. Some are, you can see why they took them out. Yeah. There's Beatles music performed by Hamish Patel and... It's at Abbey Road Studios, and they're basically like music videos, but he's singing the songs from the movie. There's Ed Sheeran from Stadium to Screen, which is exactly what it says on the tin. There's the agent of comedy, Kate McKinnon, which is focusing on her. And there is live at Abbey Road Studios and more. So yeah, there is a bunch of stuff. Interestingly, when you finish watching the movie and the credits roll, it goes straight into the extras. Yeah, I like that, kind of. Yeah. So, um... I, I really loved it, thanks to Universal. I uh, It's one of my favorite feel-good... I felt, felt good watching it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it feels good and weird. Like, wow, what yeah. if? What so, if? So next week, um, next week's movie, we probably won't feel good watching, but it is the... What was my favorite movie of last year? Of all of last year... I don't remember. It was Hereditary. Oh, was that your number one? Yeah, that was last year. Like when we talked about our number one movies of all of last year, that was your number one? It was my number one, yeah. Hmm. I said to you... I, I question I, your judgment, I but okay. It, it, it's a horror classic to me. 
It's not better than every other movie we watched. That is not even reasonable. I really loved it. I understand that you loved it, but that doesn't make it better. Than um, every other, all the other. Maybe it wasn't my number one movie. It was in my top ten. Yeah, I don't think it, it was your number it, one. It was. It was pretty close. If, if anyone wants to go back, you have a. To the episode, you have a, some kind of spreadsheet, don't you? Not of your number ones. What? <laughs> hey, don't put it on. Just because I'm the spreadsheet queen, and I do have a spreadsheet hold of all, on, everything we're saying. You right make now. a spreadsheet, but only put your. Yes. That's pointless. Because it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not all about you. <laughs> Anyway, I, I will go as far to That's say... That's hilarious. If, even if it wasn't my favorite movie of last year, it's one of my favorite horror movies, period. So, the guy who made it, Ari Aster, has made a new movie called Midsummer, and we'll be looking at that next week. And I'm sure we won't have as the good feelings like we did from yesterday. <laughs> it will probably... The good feelings. The opposite of the good feelings. <laughs> even though we, we might love it. We don't know. You so, never know. Midsummer next week. Um, movie recommendations, I am going on the theme of yesterday. And I'll go for a film that I really liked Lily James in, and it's called Baby Driver by Edgar Wright. I think it's a really cool... That's a fun one. Yeah. Um, John Hamm. Unfortunately, Kevin Spacey now. Well, I mean, I don't know. I can't condemn the man. I wasn't there, I do not know. No. So but I don't I, know if that's a fair statement. I think Baby Driver's a really excellent... It's, it's, kind of, it's a heist car chase musical it's got a lot of music it's really a really interesting cool movie i'll also recommend eastenders which is a <laughs> british tv show um because of hamish patel you have to go back and watch older episodes if you want to see him in it and finally i'm doing three this year this week uh train spotting my favorite danny boyle movie i don't think you'll ever top train spotting for me but so you can just give up Stop trying. I was going to say it was the first one I saw, but it wasn't. Shallow Grave was, which I also think is fantastic. You didn't see it in Life Less Ordinary? That was after Train Spotting. After Train Spotting? Yes. Really? Yes. Shallow Grave was first, then Train Spotting. Oh, wow. I thought a Life Less Ordinary was like first. No. Interesting. But How I also wrong like that I can one too. be. Ugh. Sometimes. So your recommendations are? My recommendations are because. We were reading the extra, the stuff, you know, all the trivia. And one of them said that Danny Boyle was asked to be director on a whole bunch of movies, of course, because why wouldn't you ask, right? But one of them was Alien Resurrection, which I'm not recommending, except I love all alien movies, alien and predator movies, regardless of the quality. But I'm going to go back to the original Alien because it, it did change the thing, horror and space combined and the vibe of it, and it's so good. It's so good, isn't it? It's like, it's like it's definitively good. With the ex- <laughs> you can't with the tell Exorcist, me it is up there as the. It one. is because it's just so different, and maybe that's not a good way measure of goodness. But Alien, definitely the original Ripley in her underwear. Aliens you know. is also good. Aliens is good, but it's you know it's different, very different from Alien. Alien has. That thing, that magic, and now I want to watch it. And the other one is one that you mentioned already, but 28 Days Later, simply because I love zombie movies and Danny Boyle did a zombie movie. How about 28 Weeks Later? That was all right, but it didn't have the same, like, whoa, as 28 Days Later, because that introduced us to a different kind of zombie, a different reason for zombiness, um, people's different way of coping with it, you know? 
in yeah. a very modern, I don't know what year it was, but... Um, Begbie was in the second one, right? He was, yeah. Um, well, he wasn't Begbie, but yeah. Yeah. He's a favorite, isn't he? He's one of Danny's favorites. And now he's John Lennon. So, um, yeah, that is our recommendations. Uh, a Scully stuff I've been playing on the Xbox Game Pass, which I'm still using that free trial of, which is the gift that keeps on giving. It costs $1. <laughs> And I've got a whole library of games to play. So the game I'm playing at the moment is Dirt Rally 2.0, which is a rally racing game, which is very, very good. I would highly recommend it. Codemasters. It's free on this service. You you can actually get this service still for a dollar. I think you get... It's a weird way you have to go about it, but you pay a dollar and then you upgrade your membership. And then it upgrades your membership and gives you six months of it for a dollar so it will it will charge you in february when it runs out but you can you can also go in your account and say cancel it in february so i've got the feeling i might keep it you know what i'm saying i feel like it's worth it because there's a lot of games on there that i like and they keep adding games all the time but dirt rally 2.0 is um rally racing it's very realistic it's quite difficult. I want to race right now. Now I'm thinking about it. I want to watch Alien, so screw it. We're not eating supper, and we're not continuing with this day after it's this really podcast. Fun. We're just doing our own thing. So uh, what? Uh, that's what I've been playing. I've also been playing uh, Mario Kart World Tour on Android. It's out on iPhone as well. Um, it's really interesting. It's Mario Kart. It's kind of fun to play, but it's got all that microtransaction crap that I didn't think Nintendo would be into. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. It's like, do you want another race? Well, you either wait for an hour for your thing to, your fuel to fill back up, or you can pay some money and race. I don't like that. It's kind of annoying. So, um, it, there's better Mario Kart games to play. Just go and play like one on the Game Boy or the Wii or the what else? Well, there's Mario Kart games on any Nintendo system that are better than this one. So, I know this one's free, but. It's not really free when you have to wait to play. So what's for dinner? Impossible Whopper. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's not impossible. It's more difficult than our normal supper because it's way the fuck across town. But hey, it's the Impossible Burger. It's worth it. It's really yummy. It is really good. I don't think we'll get a salad this time, though, but we need something else. We had a salad last time, didn't we? Yeah, but it's kind of scraggly. I wasn't a huge fan. I kind of liked it because it had that ranch with it. Okay. Well, I can get you one. But I need something else. And french fries don't taste very good to me anymore. So don't know what I'll do. All right. So what is your advice? And then we'll bugger off and eat an My impossible My advice thing. isn't really advice. It's just, you know, this is it. This is it. Right? This, this is, is your. It. This is it. This is life. This is what you get. When you start thinking like, because uh, I was... I don't remember who I wrote an email to, just a young lady I found on YouTube who does videos of a subject that I've never even known anything about. I'm just interested and she's going to school and she's trying to do her YouTube. And, you know, she said she really appreciated my email when I sent her about just that I really appreciated the time that she took and how she did her videos and that who, she's working. Who was this? Uh, her name is Gather Time, I think is her channel. Oh, fancy. And she's into Wiccan uh, I think because she's not, she's explained that she doesn't really believe in a lot of the things, but she lives her life very naturally and mother earth and all the rituals and burning sage and stuff. I believe in nothing. So there's, 
I'm interested in anyone who has a thing that they believe in and all that kind of stuff. So I just was trying to learn about herbalism, which as in what herbs have medical properties. And I came across her and that I was interested and I was encouraging her because I really like her, her delivery and the way she does it. And then uh, she said she really appreciated it, that everything was getting on top of her and she's tired and blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote her back. And my thing about life is, and this might be partly because I've always been very self-absorbed. I accept that. I'm a very now kind of a person. Immediate gratification is like my middle name, except it's Lee, but it's actually immediate gratification. Like if my mother could have given me that as a middle middle name, name. it would be Cindy immediate gratification. Yes, that is her. Cindy I am. Our IG? IG, right? That sounds pretty cool. Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) The original IG. That's what you can call me. Um, And I've always been that way. Now, 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 now. Right here, right now. And so... What that's done in my life is when something even begins to feel like something I don't want to do or I don't like or it's boring or it's like, I just want out. I want out immediately. And I've done that a lot of my life. You know, I don't I never never had children because I was like, oh, God, there's no way. There's no way I can commit to that. There's no way. I mean, I barely hang on to marriage as a as an institution. (laughs) And you're the one I'm married to. But that's because it works right. Our personalities work right together. Any other definition of marriage, like my first marriage, that doesn't work. I'm out. Took a year. You've had another marriage? (laughs) Spoiler. You're number two. (laughs) You're current, number two. We're going to say you're the last husband I'll ever have. Oh. But I mean, who knows? That's really sweet. Who knows the future, right? (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) You didn't hear that last part. Spoiler. You never know. But you're my only one. That's true. I'm your one and only. But yep. you're a little more subtle than me, and you can put up with bullshit things, and you're kind of like, this all sounds very rude, but you're a little more wishy-washy than me. You'll like kind of take a little bit of punishment or boringness or like, whatever. That's just the way it is. Well, there are a lot of people like you in the world, and I'm not that person. And so this has led me to a philosophy in life where I do a lot of things I don't like. I mean, I've dealt with death, of immediate death right in my lap. I've dealt with sickness. I've dealt with sadness in life. I've dealt with my own like addiction problem problems <laughs> in the past. Like all kinds of bad things happen in life. That's the way it is. You deal with it. I don't just avoid things. I'm a confrontational person, but I want to get it over with and move on. Like that's how I am. So I think that's formed this philosophy I have that this is it. This moment right now, if I'm sitting at my job and something is stressing me out or boring me to tears or making me feel pressured in any way whatsoever, that moment, I'm still living my life. My life didn't get a pause button when I walked in the door of the building at work, and it won't just resume when I leave that building. My life is happening right now. This is it. And if I'm miserable in this moment, Yes, there can be times in life when it's caused by another person directly. So I will not address things like people who are horrible, abusive, dangerous, criminals, people who are abusing, attacking people. That is a different subject, a different thing in life. I'm talking about your normal, everyday, average live in your life. Like Even with a miserable spouse. My first spouse was a jerk. He was an uh, angry, pathetic little man. Like, that's just how he was. So... 
the idea that I would ever put up with that for any longer than I did, it was like insanely impossible to me. There's no way. There's no way. I'm out. <laughs> right? I'm out. Because that was my life. I was I was trading the time of my life for someone else's misery or to let it affect me was not going to happen. And so I think that at work, I'm doing my tasks at work. I get really good at my tasks at work for the most part, you know, as best as I can. I've done it for 20 years and I like to learn new tasks. So I get really good at the tasks. It's very technical. It's a data center. You know, it's computery stuff. And then if anything else, because recently I've had to deal with it, this change in management, change in the structure and a different vibe What I was not happy with, was I? I was no. not happy with it. And so that thing comes upon me like, I need to escape. I need to get the fuck out of here because you are. This is not happening. I will not be miserable on someone else's time and my time. So I had to think about it and realize, yeah, this philosophy is right this minute, if I'm sitting at work and the person comes in who makes me have that feeling of like stress or anger, I have to just let that go because this moment could be my last moment. I could literally drop dead of a heart attack at any time. I mean, it's possible or a stroke or something horrible like that. I could be driving home at the end of that day and die in a car wreck, right? That sounds really cheery and everything. But if that conversation and I let that get me down for the rest of those 12 hours, I do 12 hour shifts, then I've just sold off the potential happiness of the end of my life just some bullshit stress that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really even exist right it's just in my mind true so like this is it this is your life you're living it try mm. to make find some value and some little handles to grab onto even in the worst moment to just lift you up or pull you forward whatever it is you could probably incorporate the word yesterday into this somehow <laughs> how so yesterday but I don't all my troubles seem so far away. But did they? <laughs> <laughs> I think no one ever really feels that way. But um, just if you can, in the if you're bored of studying or your job sucks because you're just working at a factory and you think that sucks. I don't know if it sucks. It might be great. Or you're doing a job. You could be like a famous writer or a musician or you could be the person who is doing all the science to cure cancer. And yet you could actually be bored. Right? That could be boring. True. The end result might be fantastic, but in the time between here and then, it could be like the most monotonous thing ever. If you can find some value, something funny, something fun, something uplifting to get through this minute and then the next minute and the next minute, before you know it, you've cured cancer and you've had a good time. So, you know. Yep. Win-win. All right. So... Is that um, advice? Yes. Okay. Another win-win is this podcast. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, you pulled it right around there. I did. If you were, uh, I told you at the beginning of the uh, show how to subscribe. We're everywhere except Spotify. We're everywhere. And catch Sid talking me on Instagram. You can. Yeah, catch I do my Instagram. I post a lot of pictures of plants on the gram at the IG. I'm the original IG. We've just established. True. <laughs> Instant gratification, woman. You can also uh, email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom. Don't email Sid talk. And I mean, you can. Good luck with that. Stay classy. Everybody involved in this movie. The Beatles. Thank you, Beatles. I was about to say Danny Dyer, but he's nothing to do with it. Danny Boyle. <laughs> Richard Curtis. 
Hamish Patel, Lily James, Ed Sheeran, Joel Fry. We can Kate pull it McKinney. around to Danny Boyle because or Danny Dyer because Danny Dyer loves Oasis. He does. Oh, Oasis, Oasis don't exist by, in this movie. I know because they were totally inspired by the Beatles. <laughs> I feel like that was just a little nudge to them, like you guys really. Without the Beatles, you'd be nothing, which is hilarious. True. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>